Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. And welcome back. It's Jennifer Britton, the co-host of the Remote Pathways podcast. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. Excited to be on the remote road with you, Jen. Absolutely. Well, today we've got an interesting topic, this one that we haven't touched on yet, but I think it's probably been at the background of most listeners' minds. What does going remote really mean? Mm, That's such a great question. And I know I hear that out in the field all the time. So I know many of our listeners will benefit from our conversation today. So let's get started. Let's hit that remote road today. Yeah, let's hit that remote road. And I'd actually like all of you listening in to think about what does the term remote bring to your mind? I think if as we if we could survey everyone across this podcasting world, it probably means some very different things to different people. And I think that that is reflective of how we've brought together the digital dozen. My first thought of remote, I always think of an island, some remote island out there. <laughs> it's just natural what comes, you know, I, I think far away from everything when I think remote. I, lo- I love that. And actually, you know, to be remote on an island, sitting in the Caribbean or the South Pacific, that wouldn't be a bad thing on a snowy day like this. Oh, it's true. Let's hop on a plane. Let's be work from anywhere, Jen. <laughs> hop on a plane. <laughs> I'm ready for that island right now, too. No, but on a serious well, note, what is remote? Well, I, you know, again, I, I, let's let's continue this analogy for just a minute because I'm happy to jump onto the plane and work from anywhere, and and I think that doorway takes us into several different types of workers. And again, we don't want to get too granular, but my guess is some of you are using the term remote, some of you are using the term mobile, and even some of you are using the term virtual. Over the last decade plus, I think many times we mishmash those terms around. So what are you hearing in your in your arena? Well, you know, I think a lot of people used to say work from home, you know, like Harry. Oh, I mm-hmm. work from home. But now it's got more of a professional slant to it. Oh, I'm working remotely. You know, they've picked up the corporate lingo now. Yeah. Just noticing the the language changing. So what what's the difference if you could define them? 
What would they well, be? I will because I've I've written about these in Plan Do Track. Want to pull from that? So for those listeners, I'm the author of a 2019 publication called Plan Do Track, and it's geared specifically for virtual and remote professionals. So it's interesting because I think I would before the the terminology of remote uh, really has become a lot more popular in the last few years. I've always thought about myself actually as a person who is leading and having conversations in the virtual space. So if you go back to any of my earlier writing, it really is about virtual team leaders, not necessarily remote team leaders, but Mm. virtual team leaders. So nomenclature does change, right? Our, Our public discourse, the way we talk about things also changes. But if we look back to sort of some of the roots of how we've been looking at the lens of learning, as well as leadership in the last couple of decades, we collectively would find terms including mobile, virtual, and remote. So which one should we jump into first? Because I'm, I'm actually going to read from Plan, Do, Track, because I think that's probably one of the most succinct writing or framing of it that I have access to right now. I think since we're called the Remote Pathways Podcast, we start with remote. Okay. Well, I'm pulling from page seven. And this was actually, as I went to publish this, I felt we really needed to have a little section on this. So working remote. And again, lots of different definitions, but I think some key things that happen when we're working remote, it's typically uh, an individual or often a team, a member of a team that is geographically dispersed. Now that geographic disbursement might be across a city, a country, or even the world. Um, I particularly work a lot with remote teams, and these are teams that are sometimes coming together physically on a regular basis. They may actually come into the office one day a month, or they may actually completely operate as a virtual entity. So teams do exist when they may be working from home or working from anywhere, and there may not be a physical hub that they all report into. There may be a headquarters, but that headquarters might also be in someone else's hub and or someone else's home. And so we do see some interesting organizations that really have been virtual organizations. There is no brick and mortar. There is no physical hub that exists. So working remote is not necessarily about the, the hub. Working remote means I am working separate from others. Mm, that's such a great definition. And I, I love the follow-up in Plan Do Track. I, I just think it, it explains it so clearly. Remote work ranges from a call center employee working from their office to an entire team that works from home several days a week or month traveling into the office as needed. And I think this is happening a lot. So I think a lot of people are working remote, but maybe they don't realize that they are. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if we look at the statistics, um, remote work growing rapidly, some really interesting research around numbers. And that may mean someone who is working remote one day a week or a few days a month or all the time. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of variety, which is why here at Remote Pathways, we're talking into the different pathways that we see remote workers going down, hence the digital dozen. So it might be a project manager. A project manager might actually be in the headquarters in that office, you know, 
15 out of 20 working days a month. But the other five, he or she is working from home and connecting in with colleagues who are one and maybe in the same state or province, but also connecting in with people who are half a world away. Mm-hmm. So like you know, areas that are very dynamic, like this is very dynamic work. So we don't want to get too boxed in to definitions. But I think uh, the the usual or the, the way that we've just been holding it here, you know, remote teams are geographically dispersed, mm-hmm. whether it's over a city or whether it's over the world. Mm-hmm. So what about working virtually? What's the difference? What is working virtually? So as I define it in Plan Do Track, as I wrote my, many organizations, including my own, only operate in a virtual space. Unlike a traditional brick and mortar enterprise, the organization may not have one physical presence or might not even have a physical presence. Leveraging technology, virtual work can occur from almost anywhere, bringing together the skills and players or people as needed. Virtual workspaces range from the world of the solopreneur, a one-person show, to entire organizations such as Zapier and FlexJobs that are primarily virtual and remote businesses. Virtual teams may work in different office spaces connecting with each other. And I shared an example. I spent several years managing a team scattered across 10 countries of one of our sub-regions of this world. We were a virtual team. My staff were in offices. They actually had a matrix relationship. So this is a whole other layer that we don't talk about yet in our podcast, but we're in a matrix relationship when you might actually report to two people. And so our team at X organization was a virtual team. Uh, Everyone also had an on-the-ground supervisor that they were also reporting into. So virtual teams may be connected because of projects or purpose, um, common mission. And typically when we are looking at working virtually, again, we might be remote, but we also might be part of another organization as well. Mm, That's good. What it's not. (laughs) So let's go to the what it's not, because sometimes that's even clearer. You know, a virtual team typically, note my wording here, a virtual team typically is not uh, sitting in the same cubicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think I've been on more virtual teams uh, since probably over the, the past 10 years or so than any other type of team. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a virtual relationship, right? We're in right. two different countries. Yes. We, we both work remote, but we have a virtual relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And we meet on the platforms that support us, right? Mm-hmm. But and what I find interesting is that actually the genesis, though, of our friendship and, and relationship, working relationship, is when you were the speaker at a coaching event. And then I signed up for your group coaching um, afterwards. So I just think it was the physical in-person. I wonder how much that happens. How much in person do we need as remote workers you know well that's a whole other that's a whole other episode i think we need to do because if we if we transition back you know 10 15 years ago and it's not always possible for virtual teams but i think there's something that can't be replicated 
in a virtual or remote context, right? Like we need that human connection. And I'm the first to say this. I, I, I live and operate in a virtual world at this time of year. You know, almost 100% of my work is virtual for four to six months of the year. Yet there is so much that we can do if we are able to come together. And that's a big if, right? For some organizations, you might only come together biannually on a, on every two years. For some teams, they can come together every quarter. Um, for other teams, you may never ever physically be able to get everyone together, right? If we look at global teams, sometimes because of location and, you know, just travel costs, visa requirements, these are becoming a reality in today's world, maybe even more so than they were a decade plus ago. And so I think a lot of teams are looking very practically and also very creatively, like how do we excel in this remote and virtual space if we can't physically be together Mm, on a regular basis. Good. Yes. And it's reminding me of a great company that I worked with that their headquarters were in a city. So they had a holiday party and everybody that could um, came and got together in person at a restaurant to celebrate the holidays together. But there was an entire remote team that lived overseas. There was no way that they could bring them in. So I asked, I said, well, how about we have a virtual holiday party that kind of runs at the same time as your um, in-person event? So we did that and it was so much fun. We just, we just got together for that purpose. And, and I think it really, you know, brought some connection. Nobody felt left out. Um, and so then when all the holiday party talking was happening, you know, the next week, everybody had something to say because everybody participated in some way. So love that. And again, right. When we have teams that have multi locations, right. They could be physical locations somewhere else, or it could be virtual. How are we building that strong team culture? And that's going to be one of our focus areas in a little while as well. Right. How do we build the strong team culture? That's so good. So good. So now the third category, mobile work. Mobile. Yeah. So what is yes. that about? So I think this is a fun one, right? And, and before, you know, if we only look back 10 years, we had the advent of the iPad just a little bit more than a decade ago. And that has so revolutionized the world of the mobile workers. So I would have put myself in the category in the 1990s. I was a mobile worker. I was moving... Uh, across one country. In those days, it would take five days, upwards of five days to reach some of the teams that I was supporting. I could connect in with them on, by, a, by a radio, long-range radio, um, but it sometimes took three to five days by river, by horseback, by army truck to get in to physically see them. And then we sort of moved into the, the early days of cell phone. I'm really dating myself here, but like I, I was just doing some writing today and I said, you know, think about the first cell phone you ever had. Could it fit in your pocket? <laughs> so I love it. Like today I could get a text on my watch. And years ago, I would have loved that. I remember as a, a young 20-something going out on a weekend with my friends. And because I was on call, I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week because of my former world of work, but I would have to take my phone with me. And you know what? The phone would not fit in my pocket. 
<laughs> I actually had pretty big curses in those days. And um, look at what we can do today. A little notification comes on my wrist and I can see a text from my son with an emoji heart and I can just look down. I don't have to do anything else. So the mobile work, let's go to the definition. So in Plan Do Track, I write, mobile work has been embraced by professionals of all stripes from the business owners who need to be able to access their files and resources while on the road or in the sky to the leader who travels for a living. Technology and our many devices have created opportunities for mobile work to flourish in today's digital workplace. And so mobile is really about how do we move? How do we move around? What devices do we have access to? How do we ensure security? There's a lot of uh, continued focus on this, not just conversations we're having in, in 2020, but we have been talking about this for decades now in terms of how do we ensure device safety, connectivity issues? How do we enable people to access the information they need to keep a business running, to keep conversations going, to keep connection flowing? So it's a, it's a fun way. And, and Michelle, what's coming up for you? Because you've been, you started off in sales, right? And we always say that Sally was one of the original uh, mobile workers. So talk a little about your early days as a, a mobile professional. Yeah. So I remember when I got my first BlackBerry and I was so excited. And then right after that, the iPhone had just come out. It just was so helpful and I had access to files. But what I find interesting is right after kind of the real estate crash, I stepped out of that role. I actually lost my job and all my technology went with it because it was linked to my job. Mm. And I was... I was really just like everyone else, I think, um, trying to find ways to save money. So I chose not to have a cell phone for a while um, until I stepped back into, into a different role. And so I was totally disconnected from technology for like two years. Wow. I, didn't even, I, I didn't even have a cell phone. I just had my landline phone. And I didn't have television. And so when I stepped back in two years later... I thought that I was in a movie. <laughs> like I could not believe what had happened in just a short time period of two years. I, I found myself, you know, before when I had my job, I was always ahead of technology. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could figure something out in two seconds. There was an entire learning curve, an entire language that I had to retrain, relearn. I had to start from the beginning because everything that I knew before didn't exist anymore. Um, I was a pen and paper person. I, I didn't keep things um, electronically. So um, it was a, a big learning curve for me. So I'd, I would say now I do both. Now I pretty much keep everything electronically. It's my main source. But in order for me to have understanding and in order for me to remember who I'm working with, what I'm talking about, what's important to them... I can't just have it in digital form. I have to actually write it down on a piece mm-hmm. of paper. So now I'll write things down on a piece of paper and then I'll support it with the electronic, but then I shred the paper so that I don't have to manage a lot of files. And now mm-hmm. I guess from our last community call, ever since that you brought that awareness to me about organizing digital files versus just using the search feature, I have found so much freedom this past week. I have to tell you, Jennifer. <laughs> 
Because I'm like, so maybe we should fit that in. Enough. <laughs> Let's share that little tidbit because we do these quarter, we do these monthly community calls. And I was sharing this tidbit that, yeah, it might be faster to just search for files rather than to organize the files, right? Search function can be invaluable. So you're really speaking to, and I find it so interesting. I didn't know, Michelle, that you were sort of quote unquote offline for, you know, two years. And when we also met, like I was introduced to you as someone who's really good at e-learning, right? And so it's interesting how you seem to have like super strengthened that muscle of getting back online, but like getting back online to the point where you design and you continue to design um, really amazingly vivid uh, e-learning and online learning. That's so funny. Yeah. Just permission to expand there a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was a connection talking about e-learning and um, they asked me if I wanted to say, you know, if I was interested and I said, yes, but I don't even know how to do a PowerPoint. I've never even seen PowerPoint. And I think it was because of the programs, you know, like Articulate that made someone like me, made it possible for me to do e-learning. That's that's when I started talking too. That's when I started doing voiceover work. I would have never pursued it on my own. I would have never thought that it would be something, you know, would like to do or that I would even have the skill set to do. But somebody opened the door of opportunity and a whole new world opened up. So Absolutely. And and you speak to probably what some of our listeners have experienced themselves. You know, I think for some, this whole digital world is like, whoa, it's so different and it requires new skills that you're, you know, really, I don't want to say a walking poster child, but you're really, uh, you have experienced it. You have, you have built your skills, rebuilt skills, continued to build skills. Because I think in every industry today, right, the, the pace of change is so fast that we are needing to be ongoing, continuous learners throughout our entire career. And some people would say that's just today. But, you know, I remember back when I was in my 20s and in the world of work that I had in those days, um, it's some of the reasons why even with a master's degree, I continued learning because I needed to, because my context that I operated within was so rapidly shifting. And in the challenges that I worked in, in my world as well, it was so complex, which we're now seeing across almost every industry. Mm -hmm. But with complexity comes a need for, um, you know, working across what are traditionally silos and different disciplines. So I think we've, we've sort of covered even more than just our, our initial thinking here on like, let's talk a little bit about remote, virtual, or mobile. We'd love to hear from you as listeners, like what worlds do you operate within? And the same world, right? I can run a virtual business working remote, having remote team members, while also being mobile. <laughs> These are not separate worlds. They can intersect and, and they are really, we think about the remote as like the physicality where we located, the virtual being the platform. How are you face-to-face? Are you virtual? And the mobile being like, are you in one place or are you moving around? That might be another way to sort of look at different ways to categorize our work. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What do you do? Do you work remote? Do you work virtual? Do you work mobile? Do you do all three? Share with us because we want to spark a conversation with you. So just leave us a comment over at our podcast page at remotepathways.com. Thanks. It's been another great remote road trip with you, Jen. Thank you for today. Thank you, Michelle. I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Mm -hmm.